We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Nets fans. Uh, another disappointing loss, but um, Nick is here. Uh, things will be all right, Nick. How are you, mate? I'm doing all right, Jack. You know, like I said before, we're kind of getting used to these Nets losses, so they don't really bother you as much. But <laughs> this one was kind of embarrassing, losing to the Cavs at home by two in a close game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just remember, just a reminder, guys, you can find the Buzz, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. So... Nick, let's get right to it. Uh, what went wrong? Two-point loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the worst teams in the league right now. Well, we'll start, I guess we'll kind of work backwards. You know, the Nets had a nice fourth quarter. You know, Kenny put in Rodion, kind of sparked the team. D'Angelo hit some big shots. You know, they cut it, They got a tie game, 97-97. And then next play down, Alec Burks uh, works works on a pick and roll, ends up on Spencer Dinwiddie, works Spencer Dinwiddie to the rim, gets an easy dunk. They go up two. Now the Nets have the inbound, and all they end up with is another one of those. I don't know if you recall, Jack, but Spencer did when he took one of those, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a fadeaway to the sideline, three. Yep, three of those. those. Yeah, yep. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Took one of those, missed, didn't even hit rim, actually. They had three seconds on the clock, so there's some question. Could they have gotten a better shot? It looked like they were almost not about to get an inbound in. So, But in the start of this one, it was just another one of no energy. You know, defensive energy was bad. They didn't make shots. It was just a really bad effort from a lot of players. Very few guys played well other than probably Rodion's. And D'Angelo had his moments, but the shooting percentage wasn't great either. What needs to change, Nick? Uh, obviously, what has happened to our offense? It was... So quality earlier. Now we're under that 40% mark from the field, twenty under 25% from three, and a pretty putrid 56% from the line. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of guys aren't making shots. They're not doing great things offensively. I think if you look at this team right now, consistently, you know, you're only getting good offensive performances from Dinwiddie, D'Angelo, Russell, you know, creating. They're either creating on nights or setting up uh, themselves to hit shots, and if they're not doing it, nobody else is. You know, Shabazz has done it here and there. He's made some shots, but defensive, defensively, he's a liability. You know, you see teams now going at him, working him in the post and whatnot. And offensively, when you look at the rest of the team, 
who can really create for themselves. You know, Alan Crabb has probably been a negative offensive player. Same thing for Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Jared Allen needs, you know, things created for him. Jared Dudley, you know, you don't expect that from him at this age. And DeMar Carroll's had one of his games where it looks like he's not back 100% yet. So just a lot of players in this team aren't doing great things offensively. They really miss a Karis LeVert. They really miss a Joe Harris as well. You know, Rodion's, like I said, in that second half, late third quarter, fourth quarter, gave some energy to this team. And I definitely expect to see Rodion's a lot more in the future. Touching on Rodion's there, Nick. Uh, our boy Brian Fonseca says he expects him to see him as a starter. If you were to give an estimate on it, how, how quickly do you see that happening in the near future? Uh, I think a lot, to be honest, depends on trades. You know, December 15th is a date we've talked about where the Nets can kind of start trading for agents and other teams can as well. You know, if they move some of the other bigs in this team, I could see him starting later in the season, especially if they go into full, you know, play the young guys slash tank mode. You know, I think February is a real possibility. If not, I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start at all, but I expect him to get the minutes. Like, he def everything good happened when Rodion's came in the game. It's just small things from deflections, rebounds, you know, cuts to the rim, just being very active. And that's not something that could have been said for a lot of Nets tonight. Yeah, he's certainly going to exceed our expectations of 40 to 50 games unless Coach Kenny does something, you know, horribly stupid. Um, but, Nick, um, where does this performance rank for D'Lo on the season? Is it a top five? Is it a top 10? Uh, was it sort of inflated somewhat uh, by the box score? It's really tough to say because it was a lot on D'Angelo. Like Spencer, you know, he got in foul trouble early in this game. He got three fouls in the first quarter. So you saw more D'Angelo. There was more pressure on him and Shabazz. And I feel like, you know, he had a solid game. I wouldn't say it was a great game because of the, you know, shooting percentage, but some of that is the rest of the team. So I felt like he did a good job. It wasn't like an amazing performance, but I don't think it was a bad performance either. There was a couple defensive plays where I thought he was kind of, you know, lax as well. He had a couple deflections too, but not, I wouldn't put it anywhere like super special. You know, he put up the point total, but it wasn't like, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, now, Ed Davis continues to dominate on the rebounds, Nick. You know, he's only earning, you know, 15 to maybe 20 minutes a night. Do you think he deserves a, a little more court time? And who would you take those minutes off if so? Yeah, I mean, you definitely can make an argument for Ed Davis to get more court time. You know, I think you take it away wherever you're playing small ball center with. I think sometimes it's just like they put Ed Davis in a bad position where there's not a lot of other great offensive players out there. So it makes him look worse because he can't really do a ton offensively other than, you know, the putbacks and, you know, easy lay-ins. So I feel like some of the lineups he's in just aren't really helping him and it's kind of making him look worse. I think if you played him a little bit more with some better guards, which seems to be the problem right now, it's just like, they just don't have great guard play consistently. And, like, guys are out of rhythm. It's like one moment, it's like D'Angelo. Next one with Spencer Dinwiddie. It's like you're not seeing them connecting a lot and gelling really well. And like I said with Shabazz, Shabazz seems to be playing okay with both of them. But defensively, he just keeps getting worked. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, mismatches, uh, it seems, going forward. And I think that's going to be a huge issue. Do you, How much of the issues that you've talked about, Nick, do you think Joe Harris solves when he eventually returns? I mean, it was supposed to be, you know, a very light adductor strain, uh, so to speak. But obviously, we know the Nets like to take their precautions. But um, what sort of problems can Joe Harris solve? Uh, Joe Harris, I mean, he can definitely help with the scoring and the three-point shooting, adding some energy to the team. You know, defensively, he's not amazing, but he'll still bring effort out there. So, uh, I mean, he'll help the team, but I think the issues are bigger than him. And that's not saying, you know, Joe Harris isn't a good player. I think before he was, you know, even out, the issues were kind of coming up, and now it just looks worse and worse. And I think the team is losing confidence, and they're just like the momentum has come to a complete stop. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I think it's been, you know, a pretty horrid couple of weeks for, for us and Nets fans in general. But Nick, we'll touch on a couple more things. Um, just to give myself a shout out, I almost broke the entire Twitter organization in, when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kenneth Farid made some comments, but there was a comment um, via Instagram. Uh, he was liking the fact that Jared Dudley was getting minutes and he was being called a bum. And he liked that comment. I decided to screenshot, put it on uh, my Twitter. I literally opened my phone like, you know, 10, two hours later after I've done a couple lessons of teaching. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this has happened now. And, you know, Brian's contacted me saying he's going to be writing an article for Nets Daily. Uh, Nick, does Kenneth Fareed deserve some minutes now? Uh, I'm, to be honest, I don't see any way that Kenneth Fareed's really going to help this team. I know people are like, well, not, why don't you just play him? Like, what is he going to do? Does he do anything really better than Jared Allen and Ed Davis? Uh, m- Maybe. Uh, no, <laughs> actually, no. I mean, like, you can make an argument he can catch oops better than Ed Davis and he gives you, like, some vertical spacing, but it feels like every time someone throws an oop to him, he messes it up or he drops it or the pass is kind of out of sync because they don't have chemistry. Defensively, I think, like, some people think that he's actually good, but he's not. You know, that was a big issue for Denver, why he wasn't getting minutes. And rebounding-wise, yeah, he can rebound, but Ed Davis can rebound. Jared Allen's improved as a rebounder, and he can chop block. So, I don't really see much that Fareed's going to bring this team that's going to help. If you ask me who I want to see more minutes to, it's going to be Rodion's. You know, I would even make an argument I want to see minutes from Musa before I want to see minutes for Fareed. Yeah, you can even make an argument for Alan Theo as well. Theo Pinson, <laughs> Alan Williams. We have, you know, some young depth there, and I think. But I'm, I'll go to the devil's advocate here, Nick. I think that it can't hurt now. We are in the situation where we are... Nowhere near going to make the playoffs anymore. We're nine games behind 500. Uh, I think the season is almost a lost cause. And I think you need to start sort of seeing, okay, is Kenneth Fareed going to do something long-term? Or is he just going to be sort of like a Jalil Okafor sort where he can have his flashes and you know he can play some junk time here and there? But uh, that's just my personal opinion because I think Ken, Coach Kenny needs to just try some things now. He's going to have that sort of freedom for lack of a better term because the Nets aren't going to be a winning organization this year we aren't going to be uh, pushing for players at least in my opinion unless something absolutely gargantuanly changes uh, but for me nothing's going to change that it's going to get us back into that playoff race um, do you think that there's you know any reasons for that and uh, am I on the right track or am I just sort of you know spitting hot air here I mean, I could see the the fact of, you know, wanting to see him play. But I think if you think the season's already over, you can make an argument, then why not just buy him out? Because I don't think Kenneth Fareed in any scenario is going to be in the long-term future of the Nets. And that's nothing against him. Like we've kind of talked about before, his the way he kind of plays basketball isn't a great fit in the current NBA unless he's going to play small ball five. And he hasn't really proven that he can do that. Obviously, he hasn't gotten time with the Nets, but in the past. So I think, like, there's an argument where, you know, let, let's throw him out there, see what he can do. You know, maybe we give Ed Davis rest for a night and we let Fareed, you know, have some of those five minutes or something like that but otherwise i think you could also consider buying them out and bringing up a g-league guy like which we kind of mentioned before you know giving them a real shot to see if they can be a piece for the future of this team yeah that makes perfect sense now the golden question nick did the nets tank going forward or is it still too early I think it's still slightly too early. I mean, this one is embarrassing, like we talked about, you know, losing to the Cavs 99-97 at home when you're on a six-game losing streak, you know, a great opportunity against a team that really is not very talented and you just didn't come to play. Uh, I think it's definitely starting to send a message to, like, what the fans want is, like, all right, this team doesn't have talent. You know, Karis LeVert's great, but he's not this great where he's, you know, LeBron James to a team or something like that. So 
I think it's getting more so. So let's play the young guys, see what pieces are going to be for the future of the Nets. Not really that important about the rest of the year. You know, maybe you start cutting those minutes for Jared Dudley. Rodion starts to pick them up. Like we mentioned, some of the G League or the two-way contracts start to get pulled up a little bit too. And then, you know, you start to, you know, sell off some of the vets as the trade deadline approaches. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, guys like Tamari Carroll, Jared Dudley, Kenneth Freed, like you mentioned, as a buyout candidate. Um, to be honest, if you're playing Rodion's courts, and this is just me, and you'll probably agree as well, I think he adds more value than a guy like Jared Dudley. And if you're wanting to tank, like how, say, the Bulls would play like a Cristiano Felicia or a Cameron Payne, if you want to tank, you play bad players. Jared Dudley is not that good of a player. And I think Rodion's courts is going to be a good player and has that potential. So, I mean, if we wanted to win games, I would play more Rodeons. But at the same time, yeah, you do factor into player development and stuff. But uh, any more things to touch on here, Nick? Any positive to take from the performance or is it uh, mostly uh, a wholly negative night? I think it's, you know, mostly negative. But like I said, Rodion's had some great energy. And like you said, Jack, he might be a better player than Dudley right now. And I think that's what you do. You don't go out and be like, all right, guys, we're going to lose all these games. We're just going to play the young guys and kind of let them have the most opportunity. You know, maybe that's less minutes for a guy like Ronde, who doesn't seem like he's a great fit moving forward. Maybe that's mess, less minutes for Alan Crabb, and you just worry about his contract later on. You start to give those minutes to the young guys. I just think you need to see what you have with this team moving forward. You play know the young guys and you kind of see what happens i don't think there's any point in trying to be really competitive right now especially in the route you're going seven game losing streak and you know karis lavert could possibly now sit out the whole season if they think they're not going to be competitive that's a fair call well nick at least we have january to look forward to at least yes <laughs> we do jack at least you know we'll give the brooklyn buzz fans some uh interesting stuff but jack this is our hundredth episode so i know wow I forgot yeah <laughs> yeah so this is a pretty big deal and we want to first off you know Big shout out to everyone who supported us, listened to the show, subscribed, reviewed us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Interacted with us on Twitter. You know, for any type of OTG content, Nets content, or any of Jack's Nets Republic content, really appreciate it. But Jack, what's been some of your favorite moments so far with the buzz? Well, Nick, it's partly sort of solidified, not just like our sort of relationship with the Nets, but also through OTG and stuff. It was, you know, sort of a, an idea of pie in the sky sort of thing. And then it sort of just developed from there. And, you know, it's sort of, I've grown with this podcast as a writer, as a lover of the Nets, as a fan of the Nets, as, you know, someone who's become immersed in, you know, Nets Twitter and stuff. And, you know, there's been plenty of episodes, you know, when, when we were talking about, you know, Carol Severn, the Chipotle and praising <laughs> Sean Marks and the Nicholas Letourneau episode, having Brian on, all of the special guests along the way, our fan episodes, there's been uh, plenty of highlight moments of plenty. It's, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but the fact that this has brought me closer to not just, you know, you, but also the Brooklyn Nets as a whole, it's, it's been a, a great experience and one that I, I've cherished over the past couple of years. Yeah, no, Jack, it has. It's been great. And like you said, it's just something we kind of started and it's really taken off. And like we said, we really appreciate everything. And there's been so many great episodes, so many great segments, just different things. I mean, even just recently, the pizza topping thing was so much fun. And like you said, bringing on Brian. Then also, like, I really enjoyed uh, doing the player reviews and the season previews for, like, the individual players. I had a lot of fun doing that series. Yeah, I mean, I can't... There it has not been a moment that I haven't enjoyed recording, researching, talking nets with you. And to everyone that has come along with us for the ride, you know, we're only going to go up. You know, the roller coaster hasn't even peaked yet, guys. And uh, we're looking forward to riding it with you. Exactly, Jack. And uh, really looking forward to this next year. And even though the nets might not be great this year, you know, Jack and I are going to do everything we can to provide you with the best possible content. You know it.
And that wraps it up for today. Make sure you follow us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Netsapog.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.